Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy, Long Beach Joe, and we are back at it, all right? We got so much going on, so much to talk about. The New York Jets, the OTAs are, you know, just wrapping up. We're mini camp, mandatory mini camps right around the corner. We got outstanding performances to talk about from OTAs so far. Elijah Moore really lighting things up out there. Zach Wilson having some decent days, too. Uh, there's been, you know, some injuries as well. Beckton's dealing with a little bit of a foot injury. We got a lot of questions. We're also going to discuss the New York Jets offensive line and where people feel like they stand at this point. You know, we've made some additions, particularly this offseason. Um, in the draft, we handled business, made a trade up, got some things. So we've got a lot to discuss, a lot to discuss. So listen, I am the man of the people. I am here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search Long Beach Joe. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on the Long Beach Joe Show. So without further ado, folks, let's go ahead and get into the show. I am fired up. I'm fired up, folks. All right? I'm also on iTunes as well. You can search The Long Beach Joe Show on iTunes. Please subscribe to your boy on iTunes, man. Got a lot of people leaving me ratings. Please continue to leave me ratings, a lot of five-star ratings, a lot of comments and stuff like that. So please go there, go to iTunes, leave me some ratings, five-star ratings. Tell me what you think about the show, how much you like it, all that stuff. Man, I love the feedback. I love going back and forth. I'm also on Blog Talk Radio as well, Blog Talk Radio backslash Long Beach Joe Show. Uh, you can check me out there as well. You can listen while we do the show live, you know what I'm saying, from that side, if you want to just hear the audio. Also, if you want to watch the show as well and hear the audio at the exact same time, I also live stream on Long Beach Joe Jets. That's the YouTube channel. Uh, so you can go check that out there. And, uh, you know, you can watch your boy live stream. I also do other stuff on that channel as well. I post you know, content, just regular videos, but we also game as well on that channel. So we play a lot of video games together and have a lot of fun. Uh, so it's just a blast, an absolute blast uh, doing this and having fun with so many people. And, again, you know, I'm on Twitter as well at youngj 0030 The show's page is The Long Beach Joe. Go there, you know, check out my page and, uh, you know, give me a follow, you know, and we can go back and forth. So just check me out on all those channels. So with that said, it's time to talk, folks. And, I mean, we got quite a bit to talk about. OTAs have been underway, been a lot of standout performances, mandatory minicamp right around the corner. Uh, we, we flirted, you know, with possibly signing uh, Morgan Moses at this point. He's come in and worked out, but the Jets haven't closed the deal on him. You got Crowder not attending OTAs, just so much going on. But before I get into all those things, as everyone knows, I'm a Jets fan, not originally from New York, live in California. Been a West Coast guy my whole life. Salute to the West Coast. <laughs> and there's a lot of fans, you know, that are around my way as well that bleed green, that love this football team just like, you know, anyone else that's a Jets fan. Uh, and there's a lot of fan clubs around the nation that are really uniting this fan base. You know, so no matter where you stay at, you'll be able to sit down with your brothers and sisters in green and watch a game together and have fun and hear the Jets chant. So this week what we're going to do is we're going to bring up Greg Tooney. Greg Tooney from the San Francisco Jets fan club. Those boys up in SF do they thing. From the San Francisco Jets fan club. And he's going to talk to us about what they do in San Francisco, how good of a time they're having together, 
you know, saluting and just bleeding green together and having a great time cheering for this football team, win or lose. So, Greg, I want to thank you for coming on the show. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good, Long Beach Joe. Uh, appreciate you having me on the call here today. Uh, you could call me Long Beach right. Greg, I guess. I'm from Long. I'm from Long Beach, New York. So, thanks okay. for having me, man. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and listen, yeah. Greg, again, go ahead. No, no, pl- pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, and, and happy to talk about the New York Jets fans here in San Francisco. Absolutely. And you listen, I- I've been up there. You know what I'm saying? And, and you. The boys up in SF, they don't play at all, folks. All right, this this group fan club is serious business. Uh, they have so much fun together, and they do so many different things. And we're going to get into all of that, Greg. But first off, I want to ask, man, what made you become a fan of the New York Jets? <laughs> well, New Yorkers are known for oversharing, I guess. So this could be oversharing, but it's actually my uh, biological father, who was a Jet Met. Islander fan, so he gave me this life. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it much since I was five years five years old. But hey, uh, you know we're passionate fan base, uh, and that's how mm-hmm. it all started for me. And and I've lived in Boston for 14 years, and uh, still still bleed green and and all those colors I was given. So that's how it all started, Long Beach Joe. Yeah, you know, and that's crazy because a lot of people say the exact same thing about becoming a fan of this football team. A lot of people say, hey, it was passed down from a family, all right? You know, uh, uncle or my father or, you know, some people even say, hey, my mom was a big Jets fan, and it just it, it just stuck with me. You know, I was raised up in a house, and it was like, listen, you're wearing green, and that's the end of discussion. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that, that's it. That's what's happening. It's said and done, finished. That's what's going to happen with you. You're going to be a Jets fan for the rest of your life. So, you know, I completely understand your story there, Greg. Now, how did your fan club come about, my friend? Because, you know, you guys, again, are way out there in SF. How did you guys, you know, get together? Yeah, we started around circa 2006 uh, via meetup.com. So, wow, we're dating ourselves here on uh, on the Internet. Uh, and we found a place to hang our hat at, um, the, the rec room in San Francisco, which is on California and Hyde uh, in the city. And we are served and taken care of by the – Fabulous Frey brothers, uh, Evan and Scotty, who are Jets, Islanders, uh, Mets fans as well. Um, unfortunately, Scotty passed away this off season of, of cancer. Um, so mm. he's well, rest in peace. Luckily, we have the Jets family together, and we're all going to get through this. We're pretty broken up about it, but uh, you know, we we know he's going to be rooting for the Jets up there. Uh, and overall, you know, the membership, the far bearer. And, uh, mm. you know, we have now 350 rabid fans. Uh, you can find us on New York Jet Fans in San Francisco is the Facebook page. And the website for the rec room, if you ever want to come down, party with us, and be part of the Jets family, because uh, I was a transplant here in New York, and then I lived in Boston a long time. You can find the rec room and, and party with us and watch the Jets and bleed green at therecroomsf.com therecroomsf.com we'd love to have you guys uh, often I find meetups uh, by traveling so uh, we're real close with the San Diego Jet Fan chapter as well and, and, and I found those guys just by doing an internet search and, and traveling so that's kind of our story and uh, you know we'll go Jets yeah absolutely and again I want to thank you you know for sharing all the information of where people can meet up because again you guys are a great group and 
you always have people traveling in and out, especially in that SF area, you know, and they might come down, you know, coming from wherever they're coming from, and they're like, hey, <laughs> I need to sit down and watch a game with my brothers and sisters. So it's great that you gave out all that information. Now, you were up there in San Francisco. I know it's tough, man. There's a lot of crazy Niners fans up there. Niner Nation is strong up there. I mean, strong, okay? Can you please tell us what it's like being a Jets fan in that area with, you know, just the the passion for the other team that is local there? Yeah, I mean, it's fun, fun. Obviously, uh, you know, they have a winning culture up here, both in San Francisco and, mm-hmm. and we're in our – we're right right next to Raider country too before they moved to Vegas. But, you know, one thing I'll say about Jet fans, and I've known this for a long time, and it's really not disputed throughout the country, is we're a loyal fan base. We're a knowledgeable fan base. We're, we're rapid. Yep. Uh, I don't know I don't know where this life chose us or we chose it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know. It, it, it's fine. It, it's fun. You know, we, we get respect here. Um, you know, we come out in droves. We, we have our own little meetups and um, it, it's a lot of fun. So, you know, I'm kind of used to this thing. I lived in Boston for 14 years, uh, you know, during their whole, <laughs> their whole run, if you will. Um, so yeah, oh. it's, it's great. But Hey man, one thing we do is we, we bleed green and, and that's not going to change. That's one thing I could say about jet fans. That's a fact. And, and you kind of brought up that you were, you know, you were out there in enemy territory, okay, with the Pats while they were having their run. Man, tell me what it was like being out there behind enemy lines, watching these people, you know, these front runners, because we all know Patriot fans are, they're their own type of breed, their own type of people. Tell us what it was like surrounded by those people at the time when you were living out there in Boston. Well, <laughs> Well, I'll be sure. It, 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 it was a tough run, but hey, we, we still I still have good friends. I still have good friends there. Here, I'll, I'll give you a small nugget of a story here. The first New York Jet game I ever went to was actually not at the Meadowlands, was not in New York. It was at Gillette Stadium uh, when mm. Drew Bledsoe was knocked out by Mo Lewis, and the Tom Brady mm. era uh, started. Uh, so I don't know whether I'm a mush or not. Oh. <laughs> But, uh, you know, that's a little nugget for your listeners. Uh, it's something I live with and uh, cross I have to bear uh, on a daily basis. But, uh, you know, hey, one thing again, we are we are loyal. That doesn't change. You know, I don't move to Boston and become a Patriots fan because it's convenient or the Celtics are on a run or the Bruins are on a run. You know, we are loyal fans. And I got my DirecTV Sunday ticket and we had our little Jets bar in Boston. So although it's tough, hey, opportunities in front of us now we got zach wilson we got competent coaching competent leadership so let's uh let's go on our own little run hey palm beach joe absolutely that's that's big facts man you got to you sitting there you was at that game you got to witness the drama get started you know <laughs> that's a crazy spot to be in i remember watching that game when mo lewis knocked him out man and i was like huh, this is crazy and then this guy comes in and then the patriots get going but like you were saying, man, and I want to I want to talk just talk about the team with you for a little bit, you know, kind of step away from the club side, man. When you look at this situation, you brought up Zach Wilson. There was a lot of people that were extremely excited about him being drafted by the New York Jets. Give me your thoughts on him, man, and, and was he the quarterback that you wanted to see the Jets take in the draft? Well, I think the obvious answer was we wanted Trevor, you know, Trevor Lawrence, but uh, Zach mm-hmm. Wilson shot up the draft board. You gotta love the arm. Yes, he's slender. 
yes, she looks young, but 100%, I believe we did the right thing. You don't Mm -hmm. win without a quarterback in this league. We have not won in this league. It's not because of ghosts and goblins. It's because, you know, we haven't been consistent winners because of leadership, competent general managers, and we haven't Mm -hmm. had an elite quarterback. So Mm. I actually battle with a lot of my friends online. I call them the uh, Sam Darnold apologist, the Sam Darnold uh, Stockholm syndrome. Sam Darnold was a great kid. (laughs) (laughs) Sam Darnold was a great kid, but there is no doubt we did the right thing for financial reasons and performance reasons. You know, the contract was coming up. You can't play, you can't pay a kid $20 million because he's a nice kid. So, Hey, Mm -hmm. this is where we're at. The kid's got a strong arm. I want to turn the page. I don't even want to talk about Sam Donald anymore. I wish him the best. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. we have a new coach. We have a new quarterback. You need an elite quarterback to compete in this league. And hey, let's see what happens. I think they did the right thing. Yeah. It does, does it mean he, does it mean he's going to be you know turn out? Who knows? But I 100% believe situationally, performance and contract wise, we did the right thing. Yeah, you know I was I'm a big Sam Darnold guy. Um, also an SC guy, not a homer, but you know I love my SC. And uh, you know getting him in the draft was exceptional for me. I was un, unbelievably excited. I did think that Sam was given a raw deal. I think we had issues finding protection for him. We didn't give him weapons. And like you said, the coaching was just never competent, especially when you went to the Adam Gaze era. That just just set him up for failure there. But, you know, I thought it was tough to watch him go. I was more of a guy that wanted to see us keep him, trade down, get some more capital and surround this football team or surround him, you know, with more weapons for the team. But I understood when they moved on and took Zach Wilson, I understood, you know, what time it was, and I wasn't necessarily a guy that was extremely upset about it. But, you know, moving forward with Zach, I I can't wait to see what this kid does. Again, I wasn't necessarily a big Zach Wilson guy either. I was big on Justin Fields. I wanted to see us take him. But Zach, I think, has some very good qualities, solid arm, like you said, as well. I mean, he's a hard worker, and he's got football IQ. So I'm excited to see him, particularly in this new scheme that we're bringing in, you know, with Mike LaFleur. So I'm excited about that as well. So, who, what is your favorite free agency signing? Because the Jets also made some moves there, too, to bring some guys in. Who's the, who's the guy that you thought we signed this offseason that you just was unbelievably uh, excited about? You know, I'm cautiously optimistic about the Corey Davis signing. Um, mm. I'm probably a little more trepidation, you know, a little more trepidation around uh, Lawson just because, yes, the, the pressure stats are there, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. what Parcel say, like, don't tell me about the pain, show me the baby. Um, and, you know, yeah. he hasn't put up a lot of, yeah, he hasn't put up a lot of sacks. Uh, so, mm-hmm. tied to Corey Davis, uh, I know it's OTAs and we can all laugh about it. it you know, it doesn't matter. But uh, Elijah Moore is Corey Davis, or really it should be, you know, that he is putting up some impressive, you know, Twitter, Twitter messages from the Jet Beat reporters uh, about his performance <laughs> in camp. Uh, so, you know, it's early, uh, but the kid got speed. And so that looks like, you know, it, it was rated a, a, a good draft pick, a steal, if you will, uh, in the second round. So probably Corey Davis, a little more prep. You know, we've been looking for a pass rusher since John Abraham. So lost yeah. for that kind of money. For that kind of money, I want to see the results. Uh, how about you? What, uh, what's, your, what's kind of your opinion on the free agency? 
Yeah, for me, uh, you know, Greg, I looked at the situation and I said to myself, I was shocked that we got Lawson. I really, really was. I didn't think that we would get him at all. I thought he would go to another squad. I was excited about him. Uh, Corey Davis is probably um, the – actually, you know, I would say this. Lawson is probably the most – uh, the free agent that I'm most excited about, but I am over the moon about Corey Davis as well, because I think finally we have a number one wide receiver, a true number one, because for years we've been searching for this, you know, we're, we're, you know, remember Robbie, people were wondering if he could be a number one here. We had other issues in the past, signing guys and bringing guys in that could be solid pass catchers for our, uh, you know, our quarterback and getting Corey Davis in the building who hasn't had a thousand yards in a season yet, but I think that he here, he'll be able to do that because he'll have the targets. He'll be a guy that we, you know, absolutely go to early and often. I'm excited about the wide receiver core as a whole as well because we've bolstered, um, you know, that so much too. Not just with Corey Davis, but Keelan Cole, like you said as well, us drafting Elijah Moore too, bringing him in, I think is with solid value too. So this wide receiver core is looking extremely solid. But, yeah, uh, Lawson I'm excited about and Corey Davis I'm excited about too. Uh, those two guys I thought were just phenomenal uh, gets by Joe Douglas. So, Greg, my final question for you before I let you go, man. This has been great because you've been talking, you know, so much good stuff, really bringing the heat. What are your expectations for the New York Jets this upcoming season? Are you a guy that thinks that they're a playoff team? You know, where do you think that they'll land? I don't think they're a playoff team, uh, but maybe I'm a little more realistic. You know, a, a lot of changes, new coach, new defensive scheme. Uh, the deep defensive backs really concern me. <laughs> um, you know, it's yeah. like we've been talking about. I feel like we've been talking about that for years, along with uh, yeah. along with not drafting offensive linemen and not finding a pass rusher. So I don't think they're a playoff team, especially when most likely we're going to start a rookie quarterback um, from game one, and we're going to have to deal with all of that. Um, you know, what what's competent? expectations for me they're probably realistic i think if we could go seven and ten eight and nine i consider that a building block and, and a success and really the success is going to be built around the quarterback long term so record aside if zach wilson can progress throughout the year and you know show that we might have something there then truly we have yeah. something there right that, that is a huge yeah. key to this draft and a huge key to our success for the future. Yeah. 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 You absolutely correct, Greg. Listen, Greg, this was a phenomenal, phenomenal call from you, man. You really brought it. Can you, before, before you go ahead and before I let you go, can you please tell all of my listeners how they can get involved with you and your club where you folks meet again and how they can contact you on your social media platforms? Yeah, absolutely. So the website for our meetup, therecroomsf.com, therec, W-R-E-C-K, room, S-F, one word, dot com. Don't say San Fran. They don't like that out here. <laughs> so it's therecroomsf.com. And you can find us on New York Jet Fans in San Francisco on Facebook. And like I say, whether you're you transplant here, whether you live here or whether you're traveling, we have a great time down at the rec room. And, uh, you know, we look forward to seeing you all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Greg. Listen, it was phenomenal speaking with you, man. You guys, like I said, out there in SF, you do it real big. I want to thank you for coming on and speaking to us about everything you folks doing out there. You have a good night, my friend. 
Hey, you too. Thanks for having me on. Happy to join at any time. And, you know, let's see. Off season is the most optimistic time of year. So really excited for the upcoming season. So let's do it, Long Beach Joe. Absolutely. Let's do it. Thank you. You have a good one. Listen, Greg calling in, man. Again, everyone, that was Greg Tooney from the San Francisco Jets fan club. I'm talking about phenomenal. Those guys do it big out there. I've had a lot of fun. I can't, you know, go back and forth with a lot of people in that group, and they are rabid about their Jets. Let's be serious. It's a ton of knowledgeable fans in that club. They know what's going on, and they get after it. Greg was phenomenal as well. A lot of knowledge, a lot of takes spent, man. They know what they're doing out there in SF. Now, it's time to talk about it, folks. We got a lot to talk about about OTAs and getting into it. Again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639. Call in. The lines are open. We are talking Jets. We're talking OTAs. We got a lot to discuss. So, First, I want to start off with a new signing that the Jets have made with Sharon Nesman. Sherrod Nesman's coming in. You know, Jeff Albridge, our defensive coordinator now, was his, you know, old D.C. back then. Uh, I believe it was 2020. So, you know, under him he had some, I think it was like 27 tackles and a sack. You know, so they're familiar. We're going to see what he what he does when he comes in. I mean, he's being brought into a very, you know, Crowded safety room. We got quite a bit of safeties, especially with the, the uncertainty about, you know, what's going on with Marcus Mann. We'll talk about that. Um, you know, especially Ashton Davis as well, still recovering uh, from that injury that he had. So bringing in, you know, Nesman, I think is a solid move, and we'll see what he turns out, especially, again, with the familiarity within the, the system, you know, that we're going to be having here. So you look at OTAs, man, and, boy, has it been, you know, a bunch of solid practices, man. A lot of really good positive things coming out of these OTAs. We're seeing Zach Wilson go out there, perform. Um, he looks sharp. He's had some practices where there's been some up and downs. Chris Herndon dropping footballs as always. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but we'll bring up Chris Herndon down the line. But, yeah, he had a big drop, <laughs> Just, you know, a couple practices. I think that led to an interception. So, but, you know, Zach Wilson has had his days where he's looked, you know, a little shaky, but he's had some strong uh, practices as well. So that's good to hear. Again, he's a young quarterback picking up a new system. Uh, this is his first year in the NFL, so he's just trying to feel his way out. But it's good to hear, and it's also good to see as well when you, you're watching the film on him, just to zip on his passes. It's good to hear that he's starting to really pick up the scheme and putting things together. Uh, a couple of the other standouts as well from OTAs, Elijah Moore. I mean, this guy is to be raved about. I mean, everyone, and I mean everyone, is talking about how phenomenal he is and how he brings it. Uh, you, you know, you talk about our special teams coordinator, Brent Boyer, talking about how early he shows up um, and he's putting in the extra work, so he's putting in overtime. And I know that that kind of passed up a lot of people in the way that they thought because they were just like, okay, well, he's showing up early. Listen, he's a young football player coming into this league who is fighting and doing every single thing he can to get an edge to get himself out there on the field and produce. That's huge, man. A guy that's willing to show up early, a guy that's willing to put in the extra work, those are guys that you want on your football team. Those are guys that you want on your locker room. Because let me tell you something. When the going gets tough 
and you, you need to make sure that you're prepared to the fullest so that you can make that play in the fourth quarter, so that you can make that play to turn the tide of the football game, listen, it's the guys that do their studying. It's the guys that get out there on the field early to, you know, play, play you know, get their hands ready for catches. The guys that are making sure that they're conditioned on the basis, those are the guys that absolutely succeed in this league doing whatever they can do. Because, again, this is a league full of talented players. The big question and the thing that separates a lot of talented players are is the work that you're willing to put in. And Elijah Moore standing out and really putting in quite a bit of work. We're also hearing great things about Michael Carter as well. A lot of people talking about the possibility that Michael Carter could end up being the starting running back for the New York Jets in his rookie year. Again, that, that running back you know, situation, that running back position is crowded full of guys. Tevin Coleman, you got P. Ryan, you got Ty Johnson, Josh Adams. I mean, there's so many guys, and they're talking constantly about Michael Carter and the things that he can do. Uh, Braxton Berrios, Braxton Berrios, he's fighting as well. I know a lot of people have talked about him not even being on the roster at one point. Braxton Berrios is going out there. We've seen him put together a bunch of solid practices as well, and I think a lot of people have turned turned away on Braxton Berrios. You also got to think, Here's a guy that also has special team experience as well. That could help him, you know, make this roster this year as well, even though we have quite a bit of wide receiver talent. He could end up, you know, eking his way on because he's still able to make plays and he still, you know, can be a guy that can contribute in special teams as well. Another guy that's really putting things together as well, Isaiah Dunn. This is an undrafted guy that the Jets paid quite a bit of money, and everybody was like, why? Why pay this guy? Hey, guess what? He's coming in. And he's putting in work, and a lot of people are talking about Isaiah Dunn possibly, you know, taking some spots away and making the roster and being a guy that will significantly contribute this upcoming, this upcoming season. And that's huge because Greg talked about it. I've talked about it constantly. There's been a lot of question marks about this Jets cornerback position. You know, nobody likes Bless Austin. Everybody's questioning if he can, you know, even get the job done, if he's even a number one. Uh, there's a lot of questions about that slot position, even Hall. Some people are thinking, where, where does he stand? He had a decent rookie season. Is he a guy that's going to be able to step in? Is he a number one? Is he a number two? What is he? There's so many question marks at that cornerback position, even with us drafting guys, Michael Carter second, and all those guys, and we, other guys that we drafted as well, and brought them into the cornerback room. Isaiah could end up being a guy that, could, again, could snatch a starting spot away from someone if he plays well enough. It could happen. There's a lot of people talking about it right now. Here's a guy that's putting on, and he's impressed quite a bit of people. So OTAs has been very interesting. Again, Makai Becton got a little bit of a foot injury. We'll be talking about the Jets' offensive line tonight as well. You know, some people are concerned, especially with the, with the, the history of injuries with him too. I'm um, really looking forward to seeing what he does during this season. I think he'll be all right, but I'm wondering, will he be able to stay relatively healthy this season, at least more healthy than he was you know, last season he missed time with the shoulder. There was breathing issues, all kind of things. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but listen, OTAs has been solid. Also, there's been a guy missing from OTAs too, Jamison Crowder. So not OTAs. He's not showing up. Again, these are not mandatory. Not yet. Mandatory minicamp is around the corner, though. But he's been out of OTAs. He's working on that contract negotiation. Rumors out there is the Jets want him to restructure. He's making quite a bit of money this year. Um, but, you know, so he's not at OTAs, and we'll see what happens. Him and Marcus May, we'll see if they show up to mandatory minicamps. A lot of people saying that the Jets expect them to, but 
We've seen in the past with other teams as well that, hey, <laughs> there's a lot of players that are expected to show up with contract issues, and then they don't show up. So, you know, we'll see what happens with both of those players, but definitely people, you know, making, making Martin, making a notice that, hey, Jameson's not out there. Um, the Jets also worked out Morgan Moses. Uh, this is a guy that everybody was clamoring for the second that he was released. They looked at the right tackle position, and they said, ah, Fant's okay, we like him, but Morgan Moses could be an upgrade. The Jets did bring him in. They worked him out, but they haven't signed him. There's a lot of interest there, but the Jets didn't ink it, didn't get the deal done. So we'll see what happens going forward. But I'm in, you know, I'm in favor of that. I really, really am. I'm hoping that they can get the guy in here, ink it, and get make him a Jet so that we can continue to upgrade this offensive line. It's extremely important. We saw last year what happens when you don't give a rookie quarterback enough time to be able to make plays and feel comfortable in the pocket, or a young quarterback, excuse me, enough time to make plays and feel comfortable in the pocket. We've seen that. We saw it with Sam Darnold. We saw it, and it destroyed him. So, listen, we got quite a bit to talk about. I want to get to these lines now. Again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639. Call in. The lines are open. We're talking OTAs. We're talking offensive line. I want to talk offensive line with everybody. We're talking about it all, man. What do you feel about the New York Jets? So, first call I'm going to go to here is my guy, Rusty. I think this is my guy, Rusty. Rusty, what's going on, my man? Salute to you. Hey, Thank what's you going on, Joe? Tonight. <laughs> hey, how's it going, man? Listen, we're getting right into it, bro. We're getting right into it, Rusty. I know you got a lot of takes. You're always phenomenal to speak to. Give me your thoughts about Crowder not being out there for OTAs, man, due to that contract negotiation. Do you expect him to be at mandatory minicamp? Well, you know, I'm, I'm cool with going to deep waters. I like that anyway. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, I don't – I think he does now because he's got, like, you know, how they said in 300, that very human, you know, chill go up your mm-hmm. spine. I, I think he now notices mm-hmm. that with uh, Elijah Moore, Berrios just, you know, doing him. You know, he came out of – he didn't come out of nowhere, but, you know, he stepped it up from last year, absolutely. So that's what it sounds like. But Elijah mm-hmm. Moore just sounds like if you just took Tyreek Hill and just – Took him, splinted him together with Santana Moss. It it really has that feel. It's fucking, it's freaking crazy. Like it's in a good way. It's weird because you can see it. It's like, oh, what's going on with this? Because you can't cover the dude in the red zone whatsoever. That's the Santana Moss aspect of it. And then he'll burn you uh-huh. and he'll jump for the ball and willing to go like Tyreek. So it's it's like, woof. all right, cool, like. <laughs> He and he, you know, so when I think I said like 800 yards or something last time, uh, it could be like it's it's insane to say, but it could be realistic. It could be just between three guys, you know, a thousand yards each, you know, with Elijah. Yes. You have Mims, and um, you got to, oh my God, I can't believe I just forgot his name. Davis, right? Corey Davis. Uh, yeah, the guy, Corey Davis. Corey, yeah. So that's, yeah. Crowder. Crowder better get back on that field or, you know, negotiate something because, I mean, I think he might be feeling it a little bit. And he's awesome, too. That's the weird, you know, it's yeah. the funny part is, like, I, Crowder reminds me of, like, the next coming of, like, a Wayne Crabet for us. You know, it's it's like that. And so it's, yeah, well, you like, know, if we could have all them together, it would be amazing. Yeah, it would. You know, you know, Rusty, and listen, man, I hear you, and I know a lot of Jets fans are extremely excited about Elijah Moore, but – you know, the the, the, the names, Tyreek Hill and 
Those, those are lofty, but I, I do, I, I absolutely hey, I heard it first from understand. The kid's phenomenal. The kid's absolutely phenomenal. I'm definitely not going to, you know, take anything away from him. And like you said, he's unbelievably fast. And I was telling people about this constantly, yeah. was that the kid can move. And, again, I know it's in shorts and they're not in pads against other defenses trying to take their heads off and be aggressive. But I'm telling you, you see that 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 second gear, you see that speed burst, you know, when he's just taking off, bro. When he catches the football from Zach and you just see that next gear hit. And it's unbelievable to watch. So like you It said, really is. It's I'm honestly expecting... like trying to grab lightning. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, just, I, and I tell people all the time, it just goes and crackles I, and it does what it does. You know? Good luck. Yeah, and I have big I have big expectations from, from him as well, you know, that this this upcoming season. I really want to see what he's going to be able to do against some of the, you know, the defenses they're going to face, especially with the type of coverages that I think he'll see. Because Corey Davis, I think, is going to be a guy that's going to get double covered quite a bit. People are going to want to take him away. So with Mims yeah. on that other side, and now you've got to deal with Elijah Moore, and hopefully Crowder okay. gets back oh. into the fold. And they, like you said, they negotiate something. I want to see him, you know, be at mandatory mini camps. I don't want to see nothing crazy. Hopefully they negotiate something. And with him back into the fold, oh, and we're not even talking about Cole yet. We have yeah, yeah, I know. That's the craziest part. Yet, like, it's just like, wait, we're talking <laughs> about our team, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, people are not – we're not even talking about that guy as well. He's a guy that can also bring something <laughs> to us too. So I'm excited about it. I'm actually excited about it. I want to get to this offensive line with you, man, because yeah. I was talking with a lot of Jets fans, you know, and we were going through OTAs and we were, watch, you know, watching – uh, Vera Tucker do his stretches and all these things. Again, Vera Tucker, USC guy. I know he's going to be good. But, <laughs> you know. Yeah, USC linemen are good, not the quarterbacks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> For the Jets, oh, anyway. Here we go. Here. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. You know? <laughs> he had that bait dangle in front of me, too. I know, too. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to give it to you. <laughs> Rusty, get out of here, man. You know, it's <laughs> all love. But so we're looking at this offensive line, man, and we're looking at the situation. Now Beckton is dealing with that foot injury, Rusty. And what do you, I, what do you expect? Uh, I didn't mean to cut you in? off, but. Do you, do, you, do you expect him to be a pro bowler this upcoming season, man? And are you concerned about his injury issues going into this season as well? I do, and that's what I wanted to talk about that too. That's funny you brought it up with his foot, and I mean no ill will on him or nothing. Like I hope he gets checked out, and it's weird because he's a massive man. Like he's a mountain, you know. Like, and with a man that big, and the way that his foot is, it's I can't pronounce it. It's something gelitis or something like that, right? Some weird type of itis or yeah, I, I can't pronounce the name of it. I'm terrible with it. Plantar fasciitis. <laughs> yeah, that, but uh. But that's also known, you know, to have problematic with diabetics. And I wonder if he's even aware of it and the Jets are too at the same time where if that was the case, I hope they'd figure it out sooner or later because then he'd be fine. You know, you figure that out, you know, you play with diabetes and no people have problems with that, but just finding it out. And that's what's weird to me because you have a lot of these weird muscle strains and then all of a sudden that's a big thing that happens at that big, you know, that part of your foot, especially with the man of his size, you know, like mm -hmm. I hope not. But like he's a he's a mammoth man, and they were already saying things about his weight. But I hope not. I hope it's just something they could figure out with his foot. But I see him being a Pro Bowler. He just throws people. It's unbelievable. It's crazy, and he's mm -hmm. mean about mm -hmm. it. But a nice guy, if that makes sense, you know. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've known people that have had uh, plantar fasciitis before. It doesn't necessarily mean you're a diabetic. It's just kind of like micro that. tears. Yeah, mm-hmm. micro tears are like the it's like the inside sole of your foot. It's it's yeah, it's really painful. Tough to deal with. Oh. oh my goodness, it's painful as it gets. It's all your like weight I said, I've known and all your blood flow. Yeah. It's not exactly oh, gosh. Your feet, you're on your feet constantly all the time. So when you when you're dealing with those micro tears and, and that, you know, around that situation, you literally have to be off your feet. You have to roll your feet on things to get it to heal. It is as painful oh, as can't it imagine is. It. But that's what I mean. Like you said Ugh. as well. Yeah, like you said as well. And and it, again, it's not something that necessarily just goes away tomorrow. It takes time. Oh, it I know. really that's does take time. About it. Yeah, to, to work. So I'm one. I'm worried about it as well. Like you said, especially with again, people are talking about his weight is up. If he's off his feet yep. and he can't, you know, do those things, it's like you know, if you're not working out, you you're wondering, hey, can he keep his diet together? Can he yeah, keep his that's what. Not then we'll see that we'll see that weight go up. And also, how long of a lingering issue is this going to be? Is this going to be something that goes into next season as well? You know, can he stay off his feet and get it healed up in time? You know, because people are talking about training camp and being ready for preseason and stuff like that. But, again, some people, people that I've known that have gotten it, it's kind of been a reoccurring thing where if they, you know, do too much at one time, then they get it again, and it continues like to go turf on toe, until they completely stop. A lot stop. worse, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we just got to keep eyes on that. And, again, with his injury issue history, you know, we saw the shoulder was an yeah. issue. I think he missed, missed some games as well because of breathing issues. So, I'm hoping that Beckton can keep it together and, you know, cut out the injuries this year because if he does, man, he's going to be unbelievable. Oh, I mean, the kid, yeah, he's, he's going to be all pro. He's the best lineman that we have. He was the best lineman that we had last mm-hmm. year. Hell, he might have been the best offensive player we had last year, hands down. Yeah, true. You saw what the line looked like when he was out. When he would go out of game, things just completely fell apart up front. And on top of that, he's the guy that's going to be protecting our young quarterback, Zach Wilson, this year. So blind I'm side. hoping that Beckton – yeah, exactly, and I'm hoping that And that's that a blind side, so <laughs> yes. that's a little yes, iffy absolutely. and scary. Absolutely. Now, my next question for you, Rusty, is when you look at this line, man, what do you expect of Vera Tucker in his first season, and how important is it for him to come in and play well immediately? Oh, that's hugely important, especially, too, with Makai being, you know, you don't know really what's going on with his foot. So that's a huge thing. I really would not want him to move to left tackle if they, you know, that's mm. the thing, too. I'll, you know, people call me crazy at it, but he did good in at USC at left tackle, but not great, you know, where he was solid and he's unbelievable at the left guard position. So, yeah. And then to throw him in there immediately into the NFL like that when you want him to be a guard in the first place, you know, I could see them doing that if that happens, you know, year two, year three, something like that to help out. But I think mm-hmm. it would hurt him more than benefit him if they threw him into left tackle like that. I think that's why Joe, I don't think, is really pulling the trigger on the right tackle yeah. on Moses right now because he's like, ooh, you know, like I, we might have to do something about that left side. So, you know, because it's, you don't want to mess up Vera Tucker's psyche either, you know, his footwork and everything that they're working on. So that could be a thing why they're not going after Moses right away either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I could see that too. Now my next question for you as well, because you brought up that tackle position, what are your thoughts about the Jets and Morgan Moses? Why do you think that they have not inked a deal with him to bring him in and have him play that right tackle position? Or are you comfortable going forward with fans? Well, I think that they're – 
waiting on seeing what's going on with McCoy and everything because they might try and go for a left tackle instead of a right tackle, you know? Mm. So they can – because they have guys on that side. Granted, you know, it's not Moses, but, you know, you don't know what's going to happen with Clark and everybody. So in in that aspect, I think that's why they're holding off a little bit. And nobody's really jumped on him either. Like, that's the weird mm-hmm. part too. Like, why isn't Moses already gone either right now? You know, that's yeah. a little strange. Yeah. Surprisingly, if that's yeah. soon, but that's that's what I honestly think. I think Joe's just sitting there, you know, playing that 3D chess and talking with Coach Sala and everybody else, and just being like, "All right, you know, I'm trying to figure out what to do about that." Because that left tackle part has been our anchor. That's basically where we started off with last year with JD's first yeah. draft. So. I think that's what they're looking at, and that's why I think they're taking him a little bit. Because I think if Makai was good, I think they would have just like, yeah, you know, throw Moses on here. I think it would have happened yeah. sooner than Moses. I, that's, I honestly think that. That's what I think. Yeah, you, you yeah. might be right. You might, you might clearly who be knows, right there, Rusty. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But my final question before I let you go, Rusty, and it's been a fire call from you, my friend, is, what are your thoughts about Isaiah Dunn, man? There's been a lot of people talking about him being a standout and him possibly being able to snatch a maybe a starting quarterback spot away from, you know, some of the guys that we have here. What are your thoughts on him, man? If that happens, I'm all for it because I like our home, like, you know, I like homegrown. If we could do that, mm. more the merrier. And, yeah. you know, because the Bills have been able to do that. Ugh, I hate saying complimenting them on anything, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> They've been successful in that, you know, a couple other teams, you know, a lot of other teams. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I want to add it so, you know, we could do that, you know, have our own farm. Yeah. It's a good thing when you can grow yeah. your own and then you can go out and grab whatever you want as treats and then just Kansas City it, you know, just start sprinkling everything yeah. in there or do whatever you got to yeah. do. Yeah. Listen, Rusty, this has been a call, man. You, you spit fire. Give this man a hand, studio. Give this man a hand. He knows what he's talking about. Not too much, not too much, to your audience. You always get carried away. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> Thanks, listen, Rusty, I got to get to these lines, man. There was a lot of fire from you, man, all right? Thank you again for calling in. You have yourself a good night, my man. You too, bud. Jets up, man. Absolutely. Have a good one. Listen, Rusty calling in with fire. Rusty calling in with a lot of fire, and he's been a lot of great takes. Like he was saying as well, you know, you want to see what happens at that tackle position. Morgan Moses still out there. Like he said as well, not everyone has jumped on him. You know, so we'll see what happens going forward. I also want to keep people – I also want to keep my eyes on as well, people. I want to keep my eyes on the situation with Marcus May and Jamison Crowder. You know, a lot of people saying, hey, they expect Marcus May back at mandatory minicamp. We all know that Marcus May wants a new contract, you know, so we'll see what happens going forward with him. Hopefully he's able to come back. There's also been a lot of talk about him possibly moving to strong safety within the scheme. Man, let me tell you, that could bring us some success there. We saw him kind of struggle with it a little bit last season, but I think it was more because of the scheme and what was going on, the personnel that we had, and then they just kind of asked him to step back into his natural, normal role there at free safety, get back into coverage. But maybe we see Marcus May step into that strong safety role. He's very versatile, can do a lot of different things within a defense. 
So we'll see what happens going forward. But first, we got to make sure that he's actually playing. Again, we've seen guys skip that mandatory mini camp and get upset when they don't have their contracts then done the way that they like. So we'll see what happens there. And also Crowder, that guy could be, you know, a big weapon within this uh, within this offense, especially with everything that we got going. So hopefully, you know, the Jets and him can come to an agreement. You know, so again, five one five six zero two nine six three nine five one five six zero two nine six three nine is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers. We're talking Jets. All right, salute to all the savages in the chat. Uh, listen, <laughs> if you're listening to me from Blog Talk Radio or wherever else, I call my chat the savages. Why? Because they are straight up savage, okay? Straight up savage. They don't care. They don't care. They're savage. Straight savages. Straight savages, people. And they get after it. They, you, you spit a take they don't like? They will let you know. They don't have a problem with that whatsoever, all right? So salute to the savages. I also come to them as well throughout the show and disgusting that they're saying in the chat. We get to it. But, again, I want to get back to these lines. Wherever you're watching me from, please give me a thumbs up. Share the stream as well. It's greatly appreciated. So now I'm going to get back to these lines, and I'm going to a guy, four, three, four, seven, three, four, seven. I'm coming directly to you. You seem like a new caller. Give me your name. Give me where you're from. And give me your thoughts about this New York Jets situation here at OTAs and the standout Elijah Moore. How are you feeling about him going into this season? How are you doing, Joe? Um, so my name is John. I actually comment in your chat um, every once in a while. Okay. So cool. I'm actually calling in um, to the show. I just want to say, first and foremost, I'm not a Jets fan, but I grew up in New York. So the Jets are still, like, one of the teams I follow a lot. So they still hold a place okay. for me. I'm actually a Browns fan, but I – I pay attention to the Jets almost as much as I do uh, the Browns. But um, I just want to say I'm very excited about the Jets. I love the direction that Joe Douglas has them going in. Um, I love Zach. I think I'm very excited about uh, everything I've been hearing about OTAs and how they're going. Like Zach Wilson apparently has been showing so much potential. Elijah Moore. Um, You know, Denzel Mims has – I've been dealing with some injuries, Mackay Beckton as well, but overall, I'm very excited about the direction of the franchise right now. Yeah. Listen, I salute to you, John. I know who you are. You're the guy that helps me in RE from time to time. You know what I'm saying? For those of you. I'm glad you're doing it, by the way. Oh, man, listen, uh, I love, that's what I love about it. So for those of you that are listening to me again on Blog Talk Radio or iTunes or wherever you're listening to me from, we also game on this channel as well. So I play Resident Evil. I play Street Fighter. I play all this. And let me tell you something. John be on that Resident Evil, all right? <laughs> There's times when we're going through, and I'm going back and forth with people in the chat, and we're trying to figure things out, and John just comes through like, hey, uh, maybe you should do this or, or touch that or maybe look, look this way, look that way. Hey, don't forget that. And, Roy, he gets us through never- every time. So salute to John. Salute to I him. I never like to backseat. Like, I don't want to just straight up give you the answers for stuff because, of course, I want you to, like, just, you know, experience everything for yourself. But I'll try pointing you in the right direction here and there. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about. I mean, get, 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 
John is the best. John is the best. Listen, salute it again. Keep giving me those tips because everybody in the chat, we're all going back and forth to try to figure things out. But getting back into it, like you said as well, I know that you're, you know, you're a big Browns fan, but you're extremely excited about what the Jets are doing and how they're handling mm-hmm. business. Um, Zach, like you said, Zach Wilson looking good out there. We're hearing great things about him. We're hearing great things about Braxton Berrios and, you know, Michael Carter as well. We're hearing great things about him and Isaiah Dunn, yeah, all those yeah. guys. But my question for you is this. When you look at this situation, you got a guy like Jamison Crowder missing OTAs because of contract negotiation. What are your thoughts about that situation, man? Um, so personally, Jamison Crowder, I totally understand. He has he has the right to do whatever he feels is best for himself in terms of how he wants mm-hmm. to handle the contract situation. I don't think from his perspective that he should. I think he should um, be showing up to everything um, unless he's dealing with any injuries or anything like that because the Jets did just draft Elijah Moore. They did just draft the guy who plays his position who has, in no disrespect to James Crowder, has higher potential. I mean, Elijah Moore um, was one of the best players in college football last year. He was awesome, speedster, great hand. <laughs> And not only that, he's a perfect fit for what Michael LaFleur wants to do in this offense. Um, I honestly think Michael LaFleur is going to have a lot of fun with uh, Elijah Moore and everything that he can do with him. Plus, he's a third receiver on the team. Mim, Davis, in terms of the defense and the opposition and how they're going to be able to play them, they already have two guys that they need to worry about. So that's going to open up a lot of things for Moore. I don't think Crowder should um, I, I respect his decision if he wants to hold out uh, for a prolonged period. Totally respect it, but I don't, like, he's, Elijah Moore is a young guy. He's going to get all the reps as is anyways. Um, if you play it wrongly uh, in the wrong way, you might just be giving Elijah Moore your spot. And honestly, I don't know yeah. how well, if the Jets were to decide, okay, I understand, I respect your decision, we'll see what you can get on the open market, I don't know if there's any team that's really going to be needy for Jameson Crowder. I mean, wide receiver talent in the league right now is probably at an all-time high. I don't know any team off the top of my head that's going to be, you know, begging for Jameson Crowder's talent. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he's uh, showing up. Go on. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, yeah, I was just going to say, I don't know if there's going to be a team that's going to be, like, really, like, oh, Jameson Crowder's on the market. We need to give the Jets a third-round pick for that or, or whatever. Or So I think he should. I respect his decision, uh, but I think he should show up uh, to as many uh, practices as he can. Yeah, yeah. And again, I'm hoping that him and Marcus may show up to mandatory mini camps, you know, because, again, that can really start to spiral. But like he said as well, you know, I'm a, I think I'm a little bit more of an optimist when it comes to the situation with Crowder. I think we'll be able to get something done. I do think that there will be teams out there that will advise for his services because he's still a very competent, especially from the slot, a very competent slot wide receiver. He was our best wide receiver last year. He was a guy that really played oh, yeah. numbers. Oh, yeah, very, very like, good player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like, like you said, you know, we'll see how things shake out because, again, we got a lot more there. But, man, if he was to come back and everything gets right, you'd have him, you'd have Davis, you'd have Mims, you'd have Elijah Moore, and then Keelan Cole. Oh, man, this wide receiver core would be just unbelievable. I, I think it'd be Honestly, one of the best wide receiver cores we've had in a long time, man. If this wide receiver core can reach its potential, it is one of the most complete wide receiver cores. Yeah. And I'm not talking about tight ends or running backs. I'm just talking about specifically wide receivers. It is one of the most complete <laughs> wide receiving cores. Yeah. 
in the NFL. You got the two big wideouts and Mims and Corey Davis, and I don't think Corey Davis is getting yeah. enough credit for how good of a player he is. He got off to a slow start in Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill comes yeah. in, things work out a little bit better, and he's a really good player all of a sudden. And Denzel yeah. Mims, so much intangible uh, not ability, that's a better word I'm looking for. Um, you know, he's Absolutely. big, battle people for, for jump balls. Um, and then if you do have more and Crowder in the slots, I mean, you can do whatever you want in, in terms of just how you want to spread the opposition out, and you can do a lot with that. So if Crowder does come in, it does, you know, play for the Justice here, that's, that's such a complete wide receiving core, especially Mike LaForce's offense where all their skill sets are tailored to, to these guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like you said as well, that's the important thing too, is us bringing in that new offense. And like you said, the skill sets will be utilized. Because last mm-hmm. season, we saw that Adam Gates, hell, it was two years, we saw that Adam Gates couldn't figure out how to utilize anyone's skill set, no matter what it was. He couldn't figure out how to uh, utilize Sam Darnold. He couldn't figure out how to utilize Le'Veon Bell. I mean, it was just, it was insane. Adam Gates, you are terrible. If you were a slot receiver, I mean, you probably got like 10 screens a game for Adam, for Adam Gates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. I mean, there's something there. Oh, dude, I'm so glad that those days are over now. We've gotten our new guy in here. But I want to go to the offensive line with you, John, because you're spitting fire right now. I want to get your mm-hmm. thoughts on this situation. Makai Becton, you know, he's got that plantar fasciitis now with his feet. Um, you know, we're hoping that everything clears up and that he'll be all right going into the season. How concerned are you with him and the injury history that he has? You know, he's been bitten by that injury bug at times, and, uh, you know, we've seen him miss games here, miss games there. How worried are you about that falling into this season? Well, um, in terms of just Mekhi Becton and his injury history, of course, you, there's, it, there is a reason to be concerned. I mean, he did miss several games last year. And you hope that it doesn't spiral and become more of a thing, especially something like now, which is a lower body injury. Uh, I forget. It's, it's yeah. a leg injury, right, that you're dealing with? It's a, it's a foot injjury. It's plantar fasciitis, basically just like tears. And like the micro, I forgot, it's like micro muscles or micro fibers on the bottom of your feet. Yeah, that's, that's so concerning because as an offensive lineman, especially an offensive tackle, I mean, that's where – you need to be – you're an anchor. You need to be able to have your proper yeah. balance and whatnot. Having a lower uh, leg injury, especially a foot injury, it's not – you know, it's hard to keep your balance or it's something you may have to sit out for a long period of time. And as much as I yeah. love what Joe Douglas has done on the offensive line, um, he – and I can say this about Joe Douglas as a whole. He is very um, – he doesn't really overspend for anything. And so there isn't – there's depth there, especially when once he drafted Elijah Vera Tucker, some of the starters, you know, moved down. Uh, and so there's better depth, but you would like a better, um, a better, I guess, backup left tackle situation than what the Jets have. You would like to have something a bit more clear-cut if Becton does have to miss time. Um, and Becton dealing with his injury, again, in case did not help him out with that at all. Um, you know, forcing yeah. to go back Oscar for that Bronco game, which I don't understand why coaches do that. If a guy can't play, he can't play. Don't be like, okay, he can maybe play and then make him a backup and then put him in anyways. But, I mean, Adam Gase isn't known for making smart decisions. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I mean, overall, uh, you would like to be a little bit more concerned. From what I've read, it doesn't – he should be ready by time um, – 
by the time the season starts. So hopefully you just cross your yeah. fingers for that and hope that it's nothing serious. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope that as well. And as we continue on this offensive line, man, what are your thoughts about Cam Clark, man? Do you think that this guy is the guy that you can just pencil in there at right guard and call it a day? Because that's kind of where I'm at at this point. I don't want to see Van Roten back out there. I definitely don't want to see Lewis back out there. And I'm thinking Cam Clark is the guy. What say you? I'm hopeful that he is. You would like to get something back from that, what was it, a fourth rounder, fourth or fifth rounder that they used on him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, ho- I'm hopeful because um, he didn't play at all last year. Um, you know, you would hope that the Jets can – that the idea was to build them up. Okay, maybe you're not ready this year, but we'll sort of give you a redshirt year, have you uh, build up in, in, uh, build up your technique, uh, get a little stronger. And then next year when we have a bit more of an established uh, line that we're going to plug you in and – you know, we're going to have our starters be McGovern, Beckton, Barry Tucker, um, yeah. George Fan, and, and, and Cameron Clark, and you would hope that you could go with those guys. Um, but, yeah, Van Roten has uh, been inconsistent at best. Um, but we just haven't seen much of, of Cameron Clark. We haven't seen, like, so many glowing reviews from Kansas. You know, if, normally if the guy is, like, really doing well, you hear stuff about it. Personally, I haven't heard mm-hmm. a whole lot. I'm hopeful but there's not a whole lot to say about him just because he hasn't he didn't really play last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like you said as well, him not playing last year and then boom, now there's a lot of talks of, you know, thrusting him up into this situation where he could, you know, be competing or be the starting right guard. You will see what happens. It, you know, this is the guy in the second year that could see significant impact. If I can suggest something, because I know there's a lot of talk about Morgan Moses, and personally, I hope that does happen. Yeah, go ahead. That's where I was going next. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> what would you think about? Because Morgan Moses would uh, like automatically solidify the right tackle position. Um, I've not heard mm, okay. people mention this so much yet. What if they were to sign Morgan Moses and then say, well, we're paying George Fan a lot of money. George Fan actually proved to be a good caliber offensive lineman last year. Not the greatest, but certainly better than what was expected from him last year. Plug mm-hmm. him into right guard and see how that works. And then leave Fan at right tackle? No, 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 I'm sorry. I meant plug Fan at right guard and then put Moses at right tackle. That's what I meant to say. I'm sorry. Hmm. I think that's an interesting idea, but can Fant play right guard? I don't know if he can. I don't know if he can. I think a lot of people, I think, uh, you know, think about things like that, and this is this is a great point, but I think a lot of people look at situations and be like, well, he plays tackle, so he should be able to play guard. That'll be fine. And that's not always the way it works. Often we that's see okay. people, there, there's players in the league that struggle going from right tackle to left tackle. Um, even, you know, Panay Sewell, who, you know, just came out, we, they talked about it, you know, I think he's playing right tackle out there where he's at, and he's even talked about, hey, this is tough. <laughs> you know, and he was, like, said to be the, one of the greatest right tackles. He's going to be phenomenal. He's gonna, and I'm sure he is. He's going to be good at wherever they put him at on the line, I'm pretty sure, whether it be just right tackle this year and left tackle next year, you know, whatever. But he's already talked about, like, he's talked about it himself. Yo, this is really, really tough. Like, this is a tough transition. And we've seen offensive linemen in the past have tough transitions, you know, trying to get into the league and, and, and turn into that, you know, moving around the offensive line. So, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a great idea, but I don't know if Fant would be able to play right guard at this point. I don't know if he could. 
Um, but bringing mm-hmm. in Morgan Moses to start at right tackle and maybe plugging in Cam Clark, Cam Clark at that right guard position, I think that that would be that would be a good move for us. But I do respect your take there, John. And so my next mm-hmm. question and my final question for you is this, man. What are your thoughts about Connor McGovern? Do you expect his play, do you expect to see improved play from him? Because last season there were a lot of fans that were upset with what he brought to the table with the money that we paid him in free agency. So I hate to give such a boring answer, but you would ha- you hope that it was just Adam Gase's scheme that wasn't lending itself to the offensive line, and you would hope, and I think to some degree Joe does sort of betting on that being the issue with most of the offensive line. Obviously, he did still okay. you know make uh, make attempts to improve it, but yeah. not as much as a lot of people expected him to. And so I think he's mm-hmm. hoping that okay. Adam Gates' scheme was bad. Most of our players didn't look good. With a new scheme, especially something that's as, um, I don't want to say friendly, but as easier to pick up um, as, like, mm-hmm. say, the West Coast, Mike LaFleur, Shanahan, because their offense is just um, a variation of that. You would hope that maybe these guys can get, um, you know, more comfortable with each other. And, by the way, they have an actual offseason this year, and so they have more time to gel mm-hmm. together. And um, yeah. you hope that everybody can do better. Tyler McGovern, he was a guy that was thought of very highly coming out of Denver. Um, so, obviously, talent is there. It's not like they just sign anybody to play center. So, again, I hate to give a boring answer, but you really just hope that the scheme is the reason why McGovern looked so bad last year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Look, I respect that take, John. And you, you brought the fire tonight. Give this guy a hand. <laughs> I respect your takes and your help in RE, man. Listen, I want to thank you for calling in tonight, John. Listen, I want to hear more from you, man. You know, because you, you, know you know your stuff. You know your football, and you brought some great takes tonight. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you. You have a good night, my friend. You too, Joe. Take care. All right. Listen, John, bring in the fire, man. There was some intelligent fire there. He knows his stuff. You know, again, he's a guy that's a big Browns fan, but, you know, he knows his Jets as well. He's interested in the Jets and likes that stuff. So we're going to keep getting to these lines again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639. Call in. We're taking all callers. We're talking OTAs. We're talking Jets offensive line. We're talking about it all, man. So. Next caller, I'm going to keep getting to these lines again. Please call in if you can. You know, don't call into my show, Kirsten. I'll get you out of here. Out of here fast. I'm talking faster than we got Adam Gaines on. When the car don't start, Couldn't start the car, and then he, when he finally did, it got into a car wreck. I'm getting his ass out of here. Get Adam Gaines out of here, man. You know what I'm saying? We got him out of here quickly. So we're going to keep getting to these lines. Again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639. Call in. Now we're going to keep getting to these lines. I think this is my guy, Mike, from Bayshore, man. I think this is my guy, Mike. You know what I'm saying? Bayshore! 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 Livest one! Yo! Okay. Get off Hold me, on, man! Mike. Get off me, man! We got to... We got to bring you in. Mike, 
Dude, thank you so much, man. Seriously, much thank love. Thank you. Ride or die, bro. Ride or die, bro. Absolutely. Anybody got something to thank say? Exit 42. Exit 42. I'll be there without sandals. I'm not that white boy. Get out of here. That's what I'm... All right. Listen, my calling was fire all the time. He tells you, man. He is a guy that calls in. He's letting you know he don't wear sandals. He don't wear no damn collared shirts. Whoo! Came in with straight fire and passionate takes. Salutes and respect to Mike. Whoo! Well, that boy from Bay Shore is something else, man. Nothing but fire, nothing but passion. Oh, man. Listen, this has been a show. <laughs> this has been a show, and we've gotten into it, man. But going back to some things that we talked about as well before Mike just called in and just brought nothing but just a, a, a blowtorch to this place. We're looking at this situation with Makai Beckton. I talked a little bit about it with, uh, with John when he called in as well. He's a guy that I'm extremely excited about coming into this season extremely excited about. I can't wait to see him out there on the field in preseason, but I am a little bit worried. I'm worried about the injury history. I'm worried about him staying healthy this season. I am worried about that. The shoulder injury we saw, he had. A, so I think he missed a game with like a breathing issue. Now with that plantar fishing, I said, again, that, that's an injury that I understand a lot of people just kind of blow it off because it's not a broken bone. It's not a torn ligament, stuff like that. But it is an injury that's extremely painful. It's an injury that can definitely hinder his play because, again, he's a big guy. He's on his feet constantly. You know, we all know he's a left tackle. He's got to move. He's got to get out there fast. So that pounding on the bottom of that foot, on the bottom of those feet, can definitely, you know, become even more and more painful as the season goes on if this doesn't get cleared up quickly, okay? If it doesn't get cleared up quickly, boy, there could be some issues. So I'm hoping that everything gets moved over there. He's able to keep it, you know, under under wraps, get it good before the season starts, and I hope they keep working with him to make sure that that, you know, doesn't become a reoccurring thing. Because, again, man, whew, I've seen people with it. You know, I know people that have had it before, and they just talk about how painful it is and all the things you have to do. You got to roll your foot on stuff. You got to have the bottom of your feet massage sometimes, especially, you know, it's hard to walk. It's hard to work. It's hard to do everything with that stuff. So I'm hoping that he's okay going into the season because that is a guy that I look at and I say to myself, man, oh man, he's a guy that could be a pro bowler. He's a guy that could be an all pro. He's a guy that can really, you know, continue to help and bolster this offensive line because we saw last year that he absolutely was a big part of what we were doing, man. So, I'm excited about Makai, and I'm hoping everything, you know, continues to go straight there. Uh, Morgan Moses, I'm hoping the Jets ink something with him at this point. Uh, I don't know, you know, what's going on there, why they haven't done it, but if you can upgrade, if you can bring in Morgan Moses and have him help out this offensive line, you got to do it, man, because, you know, we've had issues up front. Absolutely had issues up front. And, again, I think if you plug in, you know, uh, you know, Cam Clark to that right guard position, man, this offensive line, if he produces, man, this offensive line can really, really be good. That's why I'm also hoping on the other side, you know, that wide receiver core, I'm hoping that, you know, Jameson Crowder, I'm hoping they can get things together with him, make sure everything is straight. 
I hope he restructures well, finds a deal that works for him, finds a deal that works for the team, and then he gets back to it because I do not want to see him or Marcus May. I don't want to see this stuff drag on in a mandatory mini camp and either, you know, both of them, you know, not show up. I don't want to see that because, again, we're, we're implementing a new offensive game plan, so I definitely want Crowder to be in there. And also with Marcus May, you look at what we're doing as well. We're bringing it in the defense too. I want to see him out there. I want to see him out there. You know, so I'm hoping that things can get worked out. You know, I'm hoping May just comes in and everything's good there and the Jets can continue on, man, because there's so many good things that we have coming into the season. And everybody's excited about this football team. They really, really are. Yeah. So with that said, I'm going to start to close out the show. There's been a lot of fire, man. Been a lot of great callers, and I want to thank everybody for calling in tonight. It was phenomenal. So, listen, I am the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe. Like that page. My content's up there as well. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. I'm also on Twitter as well at YoungJ000, the three zeros. Go ahead and Follow me, I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No issues. I'm the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will have my Vera Tucker jersey on at all times, okay? At all times. You know, you want to troll me? No issues. I'll be down there trolling with everybody, you know? I'm also on YouTube as well at uh, Long Beach Joe Jets. Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. That's where you can catch my live streams. That's where you can catch all my content. That's you can catch my gaming as well. So please subscribe to me on YouTube. Again, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. Subscribe to me on there. And if you want to troll me in the comments, no problem. We'll go back and forth, and I'll troll you right back. And as always, people, when you see me in person, okay, it is arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone. Free hugs for everyone. The hugs will cost you absolutely nothing, no matter what anyone says. Always remember that the hugs are absolutely free. I want to thank everyone for listening. Without you folks, I'm absolutely nothing. Thank you for taking the times out of your day to listen and call into the show. You folks are phenomenal. And again, I want to thank and salute Greg Tooney for calling in tonight from the San Francisco Jets fan club. It was phenomenal to speak with him. So I want to thank you folks for listening again. You folks have a good one. Peace. (laughs) 